Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are life coaches Cindy Chavez and Jackie Gates. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And speaking for myself, I am happy to be taking another breather today. <sighs> I've been putting the nose to the grindstone lately because with the uh, summit over last week, of course, the next stage is I have to take all of the video recordings and turn them into a package for the people who bought tickets and for resale purposes. And if anyone has ever done work with video, it is a time-consuming process. It takes a lot of time. It takes patience. And it takes a willingness to go for doing your best work, even though you really don't want to, because it's taking so damn long. (laughs) So sometimes you do need to take the break and just kind of give yourself that breather, which is what doing the LOA Today podcast does for me. But uh, it was actually what I wanted to make the topic for today, because I think it's kind of overlooked, but, and I'll be interested to know what you guys think too. But I, I think that if you don't aim to do your best work, you're actually putting yourself in a state of lack. You're basically saying, well, you know, I'll, I'll just settle for second best. And of course, when you settle for second best, you get second best. So, but what, what, you, what do you guys think? What's your take on that? I think that everyone's always doing the best they can. <laughs> okay. But um, I think that you had said something about taking a breather and, you know, that kind of, brought the thought to me that when we're not taking good care of ourselves, you know, we, then we can get into a situation where we are sort of the, the phrase that keeps coming to mind is phoning things in. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right? it's sort of like, um, and, and it probably is the best we can do because we don't have the energy to do better. We don't have the resources to do better because we're maybe going too hard or expecting too much. I had a client say to me today, um, I've been my, I've been forgiving myself when I think I'm not getting enough done. Hmm. And it opened up a really interesting discussion about that, you know, about our ideas, our expectations of ourselves, of how much we think we should getting done, you know, or how much, and it's, it seems like what you were just talking about, um, you know, aiming too high. (laughs) Sometimes we really expect a lot of ourselves, And because we expect so much, we get into a position where we're not rested up enough. And then, and then we can't give what we could give. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I always want to do my best and I know what my best is. I think most of the time. And, I want to keep myself in a space where I have the energy to do my best and I'm not beating myself up for just phoning it in because I just couldn't go anymore. So it's kind of a balance, I think. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think the chance or the tendency to, um, do I have an echo? Sorry. Okay. I think, I think the tendency to do our best is admirable until it ends up as a subversive perfectionism that actually gets in the way of of us being able to sustain a level of good work, right? So should I even come back in again? Huh, I'm trying to figure out where the echo is happening. It's actually looping through you and me, and I haven't quite figured out why yet because I got headphones okay. on. So, yeah. All right. I don't have anything else on, so. But I'll, I'll, I'll mute myself while you're talking. That should help. All right. Um, so it is. It is a case of, um, like Cindy was saying, you know, we do, we're all doing the best we can, and I think it's really um, there's a lot of um, push yourself to the limit that is embedded in our structure. Um, we see it right from people as commodities, uh, through the industrialization. The more you can give, the, the more you were praised. And then we end up, you know, with that, that sneakiness that unless I give my everything, it's not worth anything. Um, and then we get the perfectionism and, um, and then we don't rest. And then we have, then, then we have, twice as much to bear because we're trying to fill 
we're trying to pour from an empty pitcher is one of my favorite sayings and it's not possible and so the the counterintuitive way to do your best work is <clears throat> to cut down on and then also be totally fine and compassionate with yourself if you do b minus work instead of a work a plus work um occasionally it's not that you aim well i will say from a marketing perspective we played with um doing b minus posts like not over editing not being perfectionist about them <laughs> just posting them and it's amazing the freedom and creativity that allows you um and so what for you if you were my client i would say please remember that this is your first time with doing a summit and this what you're feeling is not your best work right now is actually your previous self's version of holy crap i'm really making it right i have a summit <laughs> i'm putting this thing together so it is it is a um a perspective and we need to um lighten up on the control of what we perceive as quality and just allow ourselves to do the best we can with what we have because if we keep doing the best we can with what we have it gets more and more we don't end up depleting ourselves um and so i will always my my favorite thing is do what you can with what you have and when you have more you'll do better and it's it is it is that it's a case of perfectionism will rob you of every yeah it's our willingness to take so imperfect action a, yes it, it, so you getting the the videos out to your people as promised with all the gems that are in there um is so much better than you sort of sacrificing yourself on the altar of video perfection right it made me think of um uh yeah now i can't he's i can see him but i can't remember the guy who put together um uh, the director of lord of the rings who put together the get back um documentary on on uh, um on the beatles and he ended i mean he took down 50 plus hours down to 6 or 8 hours or something or whatever it was and and he kept saying okay at this point this is as as little as is perfect and that's what he worked towards so it is a case of watch that you don't end up doing your less than perfect work simply because you've depleted your capacity to do any work at all I think you're both making great points. Um I would point out I don't think I anywhere in what I said pointed toward perfect. I was really really no. wasn't talking about perfection. But it is a case of you're trying to do your very very best and that and and I wanted to make sure that it didn't end up in this perfectionism where you wipe yourself out in the process because we want you whole and here. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that. No doubt about it. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, I think, I think it's you just sort of know where your line is for any particular thing where it's good enough. I hate to say those words good enough because sometimes that sounds like we're just, you know, oh, it's good enough. Just pass it. I don't mean it that way. But I mean yeah. we're like we can feel proud of it. Like, yeah, I think this is good enough. And we cuz we know we could keep tinkering sometimes. I mean I oh, know God, that with yes. my paintings, right? I could tinker forever, but at some point I have to just say, no, I'm I'm really happy with this and I'm going to go ahead, you know, let it be done, I guess is the thing. I did a I did a 5 days of finishing stuff pop-up program on Facebook. Um and you know how when you offer things and you think, "Oh, I'm going to teach them this and I'm going to teach them that and I'm going to teach the other mm -hmm. thing" and then they all jump on the one thing that you did sort of threw away and <laughs> didn't think was that important. Well, this piece of um done for now. I think mm -hmm. when we have tasks that are ongoing or that we could get better at, um self-improvement is one of those things. Learning a new skill is another thing, right? We we tend to go um we we'll deplete ourselves in service of 
the skill we want to master or the thing we want to deliver. But we can allow something to be done for now and come back to it. So this done for now, I said, you know, you, you will never get to a point in your house, for example, where everything is perfect. Unless you're going to do a show house, in my experience, that's the only time my house has been absolutely perfect is the moment I walked out of the door when it had been staged for sale. And within <laughs> 10 minutes of coming home again, it wasn't perfect anymore. So done for now is, is just such a powerful phrase um, where your videos will be, you know, the, the summit is can be done for now and and absolutely so juicy and so good and you didn't feel depleted in the process and it's like there is a there is a line where we go as you said good enough and it's just like any mm-hmm. further is just delaying the chance of delivering it to the people who are waiting yeah i think you're making valid points i i, I still want to make a, a counterpoint though my <laughs> counterpoint my counterpoint is, and I'll, I'll point to many companies we can all think of that are large companies that offer services that are glitchy mm-hmm. as a regular thing. Um, for instance, uh, we have, for our cable TV, we have Xfinity, Comcast. And I, I can't tell you how many times Louise, ha- who, who's usually running it with the, uh, the remote is, is, you know, uttering blue words trying to figure out how to make the damn guide work properly uh-huh. because they, okay. they, because they settled for, well, it's good enough. Well, it was good mm-hmm. enough for them. It wasn't good enough for us, but it was good enough for them. <laughs> so I think there's a balance to be struck here. And I think yeah. very often the balance is struck too much in the other direction. I think there's a lot of, Lack of emphasis on doing better. I mean, you mentioned doing doing as well as you can do for now with the implication of going back and improving it later. But so often we don't go back and improve it later. We, well, it was good enough. We'll just leave it right there. And that's the state of what we end up with. It's with so much of the economy today. We end up with so much stuff that just doesn't really work well. But, hey, well, it's good enough. <laughs> I think think there's a balance here. I think the rules are very different for big conglomerates compared to individual people. Hmm. Um, You know, our individual product and whatnot. um, It's, it's, you know, we can pivot, we can go back, we can revisit things and tidy them up and make them even better. Um, Getting somebody to fix a very small, very small, a small but annoying glitch in Comcast's huge Titanic of a business requires the kind of attention to detail that they don't have and they should have. I totally, totally agree. But we have as individuals, we have that chance. And if you read Seth Godin talking about this, that's what makes us so powerful as entrepreneurs is that very ability to be, to be present with our products and present with us and not settle for, we can do done for now, but, and we can do the first draft and we can do those things and we can navigate where good enough is just good. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I, I, I just wonder how often what we're coming out with on that first draft is just good. I wonder if it's even that good many times. Well, how many times do people not do a first draft at all because it's not going to be good? Right. Oh, sure. That's the, thing. That's the imperfect action thing right there is yeah. that recognizing that I think wanting things to be, these are two different things, right? Like doing our best and then wanting things to be perfect can actually be two different branches. And if we, yes. if we want it to be so perfect that it prevents us from doing it at all because we think it's just not good enough, then that's a real, you know, problem. But wanting to make sure that we feel good in ourself that we've done our best you know and sometimes that changes we have to say well i did the best i could for the time i had for the money i had for the resources i had for the energy i had i did my best um and like oh no has she frozen Oh, okay. I thought it was both of you had frozen, so that's good to know it was yeah, only yeah, yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
He's frozen. Oh, okay. Because you froze earlier, and I thought, oh no, are they, are they both frozen? Like, or, or is it me? Am I gone? What's going on here? <laughs> it is. It is very much. Um, it's a balancing act, and I think we each have to go with our own integrity. And and I will just because I'm always on about this, we cannot sacrifice our um, our urge to create. She's texting you a bit. <laughs> Internet crash, she says. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. yes. So it is, but it's so it is so good to to talk about this because we want to be able to say it's okay to be done for now and go and fill your well, but it's also okay to just start knowing that it's not going to be perfect or even as good as you would like it to be on the first go round. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And I guess the way that I've been looking at it as I've been working the last few days, because I, I I spent the last five days on just the first session. But right. I did that knowing that once I get it the way I want it to be, and I think I've got it now, doing the second video is going to take me about a half a day because well, I've got my go. pattern. I got my hat, my pattern. So I took the extra time. I, I could have settled for where I was at two and a half days ago. Mm-hmm but I didn't want to settle for it because it was okay. Yeah, I mean, it was probably good enough, but I knew it could be a lot better and it would only take a couple more days to do it. Right. So I figured good. that's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you knew yeah. that time thing. You didn't keep going back to go, and I can do, and I can do, and right. I can do, right? You know, right. and that's what happens a lot of the time. So you've got manuscripts out there that are actually really good. And people don't present them to editors because they're still busy editing, right? Yeah, they, not, they never see the light I of day. Will, I will admit, admit to that. I have 35,000 words written, and I sent it to somebody just as a, oh, here's something I wrote. There's pieces in it that will be useful. And she went, oh, my God, why isn't this published? It's like, um, because it's not good. She said, you could put this on Kindle right now. And I'm going, no, no, no. I, I have a year's worth of editing to do here. And, she went, <laughs> and she's going, no, no, you don't. So it was so funny to, to see this. And, and I'm, I'm really preaching to myself here. It's like we have to balance that where is, where is our, our best for now is good enough. And we can go from there. Welcome back. She's back. <laughs> I, I have no idea. That hasn't, I, I don't even remember losing internet for so long. And I had this thought. It was like Walt talking about his. I thought I, that too. I think I had his an evil thought about my cable provider. Yes. And the guy from Comcast is listening and go, and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I didn't even say it. I just thought it. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, hopefully this isn't, um, I didn't veer off topic, but while I was gone, my, my short little backstage area right there, I was thinking about how if we notice that we're not doing our best, like in anything, right? It may be a, it may be an, it's information for us. It may be a sign to us of something, right? That, I mean, if, if we're not doing our best at our job, that's a good thing to look at. Like what's going mm -hmm. on? Am I not happy here anymore? Or am, if we're not right. doing our best in our relationship, if, if we play a sport and suddenly we can't keep up, we're not doing our best. We may have a health issue. Like it's always good information. If we come to some place where we recognize that we're sort of not able to do what we think should be our best or whatever. So it's, it's an interesting thing to ponder. I like that idea of looking at it as as information and and go rummaging as to the why, as opposed to you are a terrible person. You must just work a hundred times harder. Right. <laughs> yes. Which is what my brain goes. Well, obviously you should be working harder, but it doesn't go. Yes, but why? What are you? I was doing really well at this. What has happened? Mm -hmm. I think okay. that message we get from the world about working hard. We get it from oh, the time yeah. we were born, yeah. you know. And it's Pretty yeah, much. we get we get we get badges for martyrdom, you know. And my mother would say, "Martyrdom will kill you." And it's just it is that that thing where we just keep giving until we 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 need to stop and realize, okay, so how far beyond being able to give my best am I, and go from there? 
I, I just had an image in my mind of that guy at Comcast who pushed the button to knock on your <laughs> internet. He finally, after listening to the rest of this conversation, he says, okay, I'm done. I quit. I'm out of here. <laughs> so I think we're good I'm for the rest of the show. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. It really was weird. I was like, can you, what? <laughs> I'm texting Walt. I'm like, I don't know what happened. I'll be back. I'll do my best. I said, I'll do my best. To get back here. Your mm. best was perfectly good. It was just fine the way it was. <laughs> so Walt, this, this topic, and I know you've connected it to like putting the, the summit together. Like mm -hmm. how has it affected you? Like what, what's come up in your mind about it? Well, that, that's why I talked about it being a balance, because I think the point you guys are making about how you can take it to that perfectionism realm. I mean, Jackie, while you were off, knocked offline there for a bit, was talking about how she had this, this script that, that she'd been working on. And she said, she's got another year's worth of work. And her advisor was saying, no, no, it's fine. Publish it right now. Just go for it. No, 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 no. I got to edit some more. I mean, that kind of thinking is something we've all gotten into. I God, I was stuck in that for years. And, and it's it's toxic. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but by the same token, if we take, treat it as, as an object lesson, no, we'll never ever do that again. And, and then we start, you know, lowering the standards way, way down. Now all of a sudden we're setting ourselves up in the other direction because yeah. they both are setting ourselves up. One is setting ourselves up for exhaustion and the other is setting ourselves up for not feeling good about what we put out. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we have to, in all the cliched advice, follow what feels good. So you mentioned that you knew that in two and a half days, you could feel a whole lot better about this progression of your videos, right? And yeah. you were going to get, so that's what you aimed for. Whereas, you know, maybe there could have been a, a different version of you that went, you know what, I'm going to do them all and then see how it looks. And that would mm -hmm. have felt good or whatever, you know, it's just that. Mm -hmm. So the following the, the feel good, because phoning it in doesn't feel good. That's right. right? Exactly. But sometimes trying to keep doing our best doesn't feel good either. Mm -hmm. And so we have to just follow what is right for us. And, so, and exploring, exploring the why, why does, why am I not enjoying this anymore? Well, is this, this and this? Can I fix it? Do I want to fix it? Um, can I be done for now and come back tomorrow and have a, a good, a good, better viewpoint on it? Any of those things will lighten up and veer you away from martyrdom or perfectionism or keep doing what doesn't work. And so, it might change over time, right? Like my standard I had for a certain thing at one point in my life where it always had to be, you know, just so I may realize at some point, ah, eh, doesn't really, it's not that important as I thought it was. And so I'm at that point, I feel okay with, you know, not having to have it just so. Um, mm -hmm. I tell my husband all the time, your standards are for you. <laughs> Everyone else gets to be let off the hook. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was reading about, um, there's a particularly, uh, clever and, and LOA centered, um, money coach called Denise Duffield Thomas. And she did a fabulously, um, detailed post about how she started her first program and she she said i did it this way um, and i charged this much and here's what i learned from it and then she did a whole lot on how she's turned into a millionaire etc but right at the end she said and i want you to know that all of this in the latest iteration was only because i started with the first one i said I need to do the first one first because sometimes your best only comes from starting with what you can do now. So I know for my own program that I'm building, I can see how good it can be, but I don't want to wait until it's that good before I offer it now. It's it, when I say it's that good, it could be so huge, but that may take two or three years and it could be even better with other people experiencing the work and then we weave that into the work itself. So there gets to be a point where you go, I have to let this go out into the world and then bring it back in and see how we can make it even better. Something else you said kind of cued a thought in my mind. You mentioned that, how did you say it? You I said that maybe I, 
maybe you, you said maybe our best is where we're feeling mm-hmm. the best. It, it yes. A, a, so maybe we have to redefine the word best. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best that we can do is the one that feels the best. Yeah. Maybe, that's what, maybe that's what best is. Yes, I love and it. I, and I think it, it changes because we have to remember there are folks out there that wake up um, feeling less than physically or less than energetically or less than, you know, less than at their best on a daily basis and navigating mm-hmm. life, you know, with a chronic fatigue, a chronic illness, a, um, a something going on that makes life, there's a lot of contrast going on. Your best on any given day is what you decide it is and how much you want to invest of yourself into that thing. Um, and so, you know, from the outside, okay, I'll, I'll use an example. I can, I can run. <laughs> I can't believe I'm even doing this. I'm, I can run <laughs> from here to the end of the block at my very best, but my very best is going to be nowhere near Usain Bolt. He's there and back and four times in the time that I'm running. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so, so best is so incredibly individual. And like Cindy said, it's even in the moment. And when you know differently and you feel differently, you do differently. And notice I don't mm-hmm. use better. I think better becomes a judgment. Um, they say, you know, when you know better, you do better. No, it's not, you know, differently. And so you do mm-hmm. differently. Um, and that way your best keeps changing. And that's the most delicious thing. Mm-hmm. Using the same principle of feeling, we can probably also apply that to the word better. It isn't mm-hmm. whether you know what's better, it's what feels better. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, that. yes, agreed. It's because the feelings, I think, the feeling that you're doing better than you thought or that you were, that's increase, that's that's just, mm-hmm. there's an increase there. And we are naturally geared towards increase. We want increase. That's growth, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we're not asking for fabulousness. We're asking for an increase. And that's a good thing. I love that we tied that in. I think we were talking about this last week or the week before about um, whether, I, I think it was Wallace Waddles. It could be Napoleon Hill. But the idea of being a person of increase. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we start out in one place, like when we start out and we want to build wealth, and so we invest a little bit that we have and then it grows, it's the same sort of thing, right? If we, we're doing a project, um, and every time we do it, we, our intention anyway is to learn more and to have it be have our that bar of what our best is to be raised a little bit because we're getting better at it. We're getting more proficient. We're learning more things. We're learning what not to do. We're learning what to do and what works. And so that's the increase right there. It's like our expertise can grow and our comfort level can grow and all kinds of things. We start increasing. But I think that being comfortable with, you know, knowing that we did the best we could do at the beginning like you said, which it may not be anywhere close to what we can imagine mm-hmm. if we have more practice and more resources, but being willing to do it, you know, like Walt didn't say, well, I'm not going to do a summit because I know there are summits out there that, you know, people have spent millions of dollars on and they're just over the top fantastic and, and I'm just not going to do it. No, he just said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take a class, learn how to do it. And I'm going to put one together. Well, and I did think that I have to admit. <laughs> I did think that for a moment. It didn't stop you though. It didn't stop That's you. Right. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the right. thing. We can't let that, that stop us, but just knowing, I mean, how do you feel while on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being you you did your absolute best and one being you phoned it in. I mean, where are you on the scale? Well, now that we've redefined the word best, it, I, I would answer it differently from the way I would have answered it before we did the show. There you go. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it's a very different feeling now. When, when I'm associating the word best with how I'm feeling, 
you know, am I feeling great? Am I feeling poor? Am I feeling somewhere in the middle? And that's representative of whether I'm doing my best. Well, I would say for the last, especially since the summit, I've been feeling great. So I'm near a 10. You can't right? ask for better than that, right? Yeah. No, exactly. Top of the I did a, um, a quick Google search. It was Wallace Wattles. I know neither of us could remember which one it was. But he, <laughs> says, he said here, um, you are a creative center from which increase is given off to all. I really like that. And he said, do everything you do in the firm conviction that you are an advancing personality and that you are giving advancement to everyone. And this is this piece of we do what we can with what we have. We give what we have with the best of intentions. And then we let it improve as we get more skills, more resources, and all the rest of it. But And that's the piece of increase. That is the – so, for example, my 35,000-word script sitting on my computer is not actually increasing anybody except the person who fell over backwards when I sent it to her. So, it, you know, it is this – when you are a person of increase, your best and is always bettering, right? It, it, it's You're always raising your own bar, and that's so – so what humans are here for? I like what you read also. We talked about a person of increase, but you said a, a person that is always advancing, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giving to the advancement of everything, of everybody, he said. Um, by doing his own work, he unfolds himself. Really like that. So that I should probably good. read that book again. I quote it all the time, but I think I misquoted most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought it. I bought it in um in a hardback, you know, in a paperback format, so that I can highlight it. Yes, and yeah, and it's right here. Like I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking the same things. Like I need to go back through that again. I've read it. I bought times. it on public domain on the very first Kindle I bought because I I I didn't have a copy, and I don't know why I didn't have a copy. But it's so highlighted. It's just like it looks like somebody took a box of crayons <laughs> to it. Mine, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just. Good. But that's the joy of Kindle is that you can go back and say, oh, yeah, what did he say about? So, yes, it's very cool. And I think it's encouraging to think about this in a way that we can recognize that we're always doing it. Like it's it's what it's how nature nature's nature is to increase and expand and advance. Right. So if we will recognize that, that we're always learning something mm-hmm. from our experience. And we can, you know, not be so hard on ourselves about things that we think haven't turned out uh, right <laughs> because we learn something from it. And the only way right. to really learn anything is just to, to live it, right? Just to to allow it. So I like that idea of always knowing that we are advancing and we are increasing. But when we when we let that become conscious, a conscious intention. Then we start mm-hmm. looking at everything differently. We realize that even even that one step back is lending itself towards the the steps forward. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. also liking this 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 equivalence that we've created between better and best on the one hand and feeling on the other hand, because it's that's creating brand new questions, a completely different way of looking at the whole thing. So if I want to ask myself how am I doing, and replace it with how am I feeling about what I'm doing. That, that that's like an entirely different answer. Yes, absolutely. It's a great question too. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, a, it's an internalized comparison as opposed to externalized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm. And and it's it's an upward moving one because the only the only way that I don't even see it as a backfire. The only way that it it, it doesn't work the way you want it to work. Let's put it that way is if you find that the way you're feeling about what you're doing is going down, and that's the clearest sign you could possibly get that it's time for a break. Yes, exactly. Time for a done for now. Yeah. Yep. And like you said, it's an internal thing. It's right. not, it's not how, how do I think everyone else feels about how I'm doing? Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's, and, and that's the best benchmark of all. It's, it, you know, you only are in comparison with who you were yesterday or five minutes ago in this case. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm pleased with who I've become. In the past five minutes. (laughs) There's an interesting corollary that goes along with this too. Because as I think about this, I think about the work I was doing specifically on this video. 
And I, I would do a version and then I'd make, no, this has got to be changed. I would change that. And <laughs> you know, if I were the viewer, I would really want to see that and so forth. And if I look at it in terms of the way I used to look at it, which was, okay, I got to make this, you know, really, really good for, for, for the user. That's, that is the route that can potentially take me down the spiral. But now if I look at it in terms of, yes, I still want it to, to be really good for the user, but how do I feel about how I'm doing making it good for the user? Mm-hmm. That's an entirely different thing. Yeah. It's, it makes it really easy for me to determine very, very quickly, yes, I want to keep doing this this particular path or no, I want to stop this path. It has nothing to do with what the user thinks about it. I mean, it, it indirectly does, but it more directly has to do with how I feel about continuing down that path. And that Isn't energy it? will transfer into your project. Yeah. Oh, yes, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And it'll keep it sustainable. You won't end up, you know, horizontal for three weeks in recovery mode. Because Which I was there, actually, by the way. <laughs> because, because you've actually been, like, feeling good, even mm-hmm. though the stretch and you've been working much harder and putting in more hours and all these things, right, and there's been frustration and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's all there. But the fact that you feel good about what you're doing makes everything different. It also helps you feel good about what I've actually been doing schedule-wise. I don't want to call it that because it sounds like there's a schedule and I'm not working on a schedule. Um, dividing up my time. How have I divided up my time? Because there have been long stretches when I, I would just work on the project. And then I'd reach a point where in the past I would have tried to plow through Oh. And in this case, I, uh, I can't really plow through right now, but I, I, I don't really want to go off and do something else. What can I do? And I got my piano keyboard. So I, I just stopped and went over and played some piano for 15 minutes. Now, 15 minutes of practice isn't going to do a whole lot, but it did a lot for my mental state. I was going to say, it's a big yes. Yeah. It's still an increase. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my fingers didn't get a huge benefit out of it, but my psyche did. Yeah. But, you know, Walt, I mean, it is true that consistent practice of anything is going to give you more benefit than, you know, like 15 minutes a day over time. It does it give true. benefit. Yeah, it's true. And, yeah. and we have to remember consistent is not the same as continuous, right? That's so right. 15, day, 15 minutes a day um, is actually better than three hours a week. Right. Oh, no doubt. Yes. No right? doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. So we do. And it's an energy shifter. So yeah. I see so much benefit to your keyboard. <laughs> it's exciting. Huge. Yes, absolutely. And, and I totally agree. It's important to to do it more frequently rather than in binges. Um, mm-hmm. and, and whether it's piano or anything else, I mean, daily mm-hmm. walks, you know, changing diet, you know, whatever it is. I mean, no matter what it is, doing it a little bit every day is going to be a whole lot easier in the long run, if for no other reason, then you're establishing a new habit. It's hard to establish a habit once a week for five hours. Right. You, and, and because it, yeah, exactly. And it's an incremental change becomes a behavioral thing because you are, you are that habit. I mean, you know, and when you, when you start doing, I am somebody who does this often or this 15 minutes a day or whatever, um, that that becomes part of your identity and therefore it stays as opposed to, um, you know, you having to work at doing it. It becomes and part of who you are. You are and, now and, somebody who plays the keyboard. And, and in addition to that, or maybe piling on top of it in a sense, uh, because I am using the keyboard both as an opportunity to just play the keyboard every day, but also as a release Mm-hmm. I'm now building in a very positive association. I mean, again, all I was doing that day, 15 minutes, I wasn't playing any songs. I was just doing some scalar type stuff, you know, mm-hmm. no, nothing that's fun to listen to. But because I had the relief and release associated with it, I actually have a much more positive association of doing the scales just because yeah. of the way I did it, just because mm-hmm. of the way I, I approached it. It's a win-win. It is a win-win. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so I'm really beginning to appreciate this whole thing about Changing the way we define the word best. To me, that this definition is, is huge. Defining best in terms of what feels best, not in terms of what somebody else thinks is best or what the yeah, previous standard of best would be or whatever. Yeah, because the metric is your own. The metric needs to be your own. We, we outsource our metrics way too quickly. 
we um you know we judge our 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 weight our wealth our positioning our scripts whatever you can name it there's an outside metric and when we when we can pull the metric into what's important to us what feels good what feels aligned or in integrity or useful or whatever those metrics are that we have for ourselves um that's that's really 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 where the juice is well that's also where- the metric is how good we feel right because yeah, the whole exactly. reason we do anything is because we think it will cause us to feel better right we're it's like that's that's the goal and so if that's the metric then it's perfect interesting use of the word perfect by the way but the point (laughs) it's a valid point i think it's absolutely correct and and in fact what it's also doing is that it's encouraging us through our own behavior to positively reinforce every time that we're focusing on what we like which means Mm -hmm. we're going to be more inclined to try to do that and less inclined to be drawn into those old patterns that don't necessarily feel good, feel very good, but they're very familiar. So I'll just slip back into that again. We're shifting all that because now mm-hmm. we're actually liking the liking. <laughs> yeah, liking the liking. Yeah, so that, that outside comparison. Oh, it's the number one thing that will cause us. Like, you want to get depressed? Just start comparing everything you do to someone else, and mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the downward spiral for sure. That, that's sure yep. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good thing to stay, stay away from. Mm-hmm. This is good. I mean, I'm, I mean, I always love it anytime I can come away from a, a podcast episode with one new thing that I learned and I got one new thing I learned. Like, yeah, okay, victory. <laughs> I like this. I've been sitting here thinking, this is going to be one of those things that I kind of ponder after the show and onward, into, <laughs> you know, that I kind of take with me to where if I catch myself thinking about perfection or thinking about something being good enough, you know, I will definitely check in with how do I feel? It's just mm-hmm. a, it's a good exercise. And I, mm-hmm. I have this happen once in a while, right? During a show, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> I can see this is going to continue to play out over the week. It's good. Yeah. I always have that thing where sometime during this evening, I will think, damn it, I should have said. <laughs> this, I know about this thing and I completely forgot to mention it. And yeah, so, yeah, and then I'm going, oh, no, it's done for now. We'll talk about it next time. <laughs> oh, so yeah, like, it's done for now. Yeah, there isn't a, a you know, we, I did, again, I showed up the best I could in the time. And yes, if I forgot that thing, then it's annoying, but there you go. <laughs> so, but yes, invariably I will go over our conversations and go, ah, I should have said. <laughs> I do that too. I do that too. As a matter of fact, my brain, my brain doesn't really ever stop working. And my husband and I in the last year or so have been doing a lot of puzzles, crossword puzzles and like we're playing Wordle and, you know, all these things. And the New York Times has a a puzzle called the spelling bee Mm -hmm. where it's seven letters and you have to make as many words as you can. And my goal is always to get the queen bee, get every single word I can and it's hard like and I will wake up in the middle of the night with a word I will like oh <laughs> I, said to stop. I have to stop playing these puzzles because I wake up in the middle of the night with that one crossword answer we couldn't get I'm like I know what it is and my brain has been working on it it's the last three hours I've been asleep so that can be annoying <laughs> Yes, I can. <laughs> it's like, like, like I don't know if you guys watch watch football um, like I do, but there was a, an ad with Troy Palomalu, um, who was an amazing football player, and all the the hair, and he he's saying yes. he's never he's never not working, and and I sat there and go, damn it, I'm never not working either, and how that's not such a good thing. So now I'm making times and I put it in my diary, not working in this hour, <laughs> not working. And then I go, okay, so if I'm not working, then what am I doing? And then I'll say, oh, well, I'll write something. Wait, is that working? No, not if I'm enjoying it. <laughs> right. now, and, and it's, it's so funny because I have, I have these things where we're working and what I love doing and I feel good doing are so enmeshed and that's a privilege and something I've also worked very hard to, <laughs> worked very hard to make. <laughs> but, but it is an interesting thing that we, um, 
when we feel good about stuff, it doesn't feel like the traditional definition of work. And when we look at best and we remove the de- traditional definition, we get to play with it differently too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm loving about this new way of thinking about best, that best is how, what does it feel the best? How, how good does it really feel to you right I now? I love it too. So yeah. Because mm-hmm. that just changes the whole game around completely, entirely, tremendously. And again, you know, it's sort of back to the basics, right? Like that's a very basic conscious creation thought. Oh, yeah. Right? How does it feel? <laughs> and sometimes we have to be, thank you, Jackie, for reminding us, you know, to like go back to the very basic thing and check in with it. Because mm-hmm. that's really what we're doing with that. It's it's a basic tenet of anyone who recognizes that we can create our experience. Like, and what do we want to create? We want to create experiences where we feel better. So how does this feel? <laughs> Love it. It's amazing how the obvious is so often not obvious <laughs> until yeah. we say, oh, my God, that's so obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it's so true. In almost it's- everything, whatever you yeah. learn going into whatever it is, Whatever you learned at the very beginning, the very foundational, basic things, those are things we can always go back to and they always benefit us. You know, it's like even all of the ideas that we have about health, health and nutrition, and there's nine bazillion supplements that are going to do everything imaginable for us. And there's a million different, you know, ways we can move our body and all these things. But I always go back when I'm working with clients to like, how are you sleeping? And are you drinking water? <laughs> right? It's like really basic stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm very happy that we talked about this today. I love it. I'm loving also that this is a sort of a conscious variation on what people sometimes talk about when they're, when they're referring to getting out of their own way. Usually that's meant in terms of, well, Usually it's getting your ego out of your own way. Your ego is mm-hmm. in the way. If it weren't for your ego being in the way, everything would be fine. So get that nasty ego out of the way, which is, a, to be perfectly honest, that's a concept that I kind of resist because I don't like the idea of thinking of the ego as if it were a negative thing. I don't think, I think of it that way at all. I don't think that way either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love my yeah. ego. It's got me very far. But the point is that I'm trying to reach is that there there is validity in trying to get past the ego at times to the subconscious programming, for instance, mm-hmm. which is trying to rewrite the programming. We had, we had an instance of that, and I, we actually made mention of it the last couple of days here on the podcast. But from the summit last week, the, the fourth workshop, we still have one workshop left, but the last one we did was the fourth workshop. It was one where Damon Gena uh, basically th- did this thing where he helped people get behind their ego, get behind their conscious mind to help make some changes to remove blocks that were in their way. And one of the most amazing results that came out of it is that Maria, who was also one of the presenters, was there for that thing. And when, when she was kind of in the hot seat, he was working with her. Um, she had an amazing result come out of it because for more than 30 years, she's been living with pain from fibromyalgia. Uh, and it's on a, the way she described it was she was rarely living with pain that was like eight on a scale of 10. That was just normal for her. Wow. And after the, after she went through that session, the pain dropped to zero and it has stayed at zero ever since. Wow. Goodness. Which is like that. It's like a mind blowing kind of, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you can't plan for. I mean, this was a summit about money and we got a health result, you know, great, (laughs) but not, not something you can predict. But the point that I'm trying to get at is yes, we got, we got past that ego. We got past that into the programming that was beyond it. But we did it, the way Dan does it is so gentle and so positive and so reinforcing that you really don't think of it as the ego getting out of the way. You really think about it as just getting into the rest of the mind. And when you look at it that way, that's really what this whole idea of the best being what feels the best is doing. It's mm-hmm. getting past all that, that brain functionality and just getting right down to the heart, just skipping mm-hmm. past it. And you're doing it consciously. Mm-hmm. So you don't even need to have somebody leading you through a process like this. You just skip past it. Mm-hmm. I like Which that. sounds so simple when you describe it that way, but that's yeah. pretty darn powerful. And it's so yeah. interesting that you use the phraseology that you're getting round the mind and into the heart of it, which is, which is exactly where we are, right? When we're, right. we're getting past the thinking and all yeah. what does best mean. 
um, to how do I feel? What does my heart say? Does my heart say yeah. continue? And like you were talking about it, your heart said continue for the next few days and I'll have it just right. And, you know, so you did and it was exactly what you wanted. And so, but, you know, sometimes the brain will, will have a different message. Um, Always. Yeah. And then so you, you can tap into what's true for you and where that sits is in your heart and your solar plexus, not in your head. Well, and a reminder too, that feelings are in the body. When we ask ourselves, Mm -hmm. how do we feel? That's something that's important is to take a moment to check in with how it actually feels in your body. What does it feel like? A, a wonderful friend that I had that's no longer with us, may she rest in peace, she was a hypnotist, and she would use this word, this concept. She would say, what does your body mind say? And mm. I would, it always kind of threw me when I would hear her say, well, what does your body mind think about it? How does your body mind feel? But your body mind, and I think about that now, when I'm asking myself how something feels, that it's in it's in the body. We we so often try to fix it with the mind. You know, we try to fix the thinking with more thinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> and instead of just going with how, how does this feel to me, and then listening to what we're actually feeling in the body. Does my body feel tired? Do I feel energized? Do, you know, what emotions am I sensing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. It also reminds me of something else too, because um, I've been in contact with Maria by uh, messenger, text messages, and so forth since then, and she she's just ecstatic, of course, with things yeah. that happen. Wow. I mean, you can imagine thirty plus years, and all of a sudden the pain is gone. It turns out also that her her daughter also suffers from pain from fibromyalgia, and. Maria had kind of like the presence of mind to say, I'm going to do a little experiment here. So she didn't tell her daughter about the result because she wanted to see how does her change in vibration affect her daughter. And, and, it, and it turns out that the last report I heard, which is about two days ago, was that her daughter's pain was down. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So it shows yeah. that not only do we get a great result when we get into that feeling space, because that's really what she was doing. But we get into when we get into that great feeling space, we also have a positive result on others, and a positive yeah. effect. Yeah. Well, that's what Rodas said. Do everything you do, and you're an advancing personality. You give advancement to everybody. Everyone. Yeah. So as we change, so everything changes. Everything is everything. So yes. That's, that's great reinforcement because basically, how many people, including myself, have wondered at you know, one time or another in their life, what have I really contributed? Am I actually, is it worth me being here? Has anybody ever actually benefit from it? And the answer is yes. And here's, here's the proof. Here's the evidence you've been looking for. You just have to. Uh, I believe that you are the contribution. You're not here to make a contribution. You are. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So agree. But still, but still there's that internal conversation that we have to, 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 to deal with, to find a way past. And to me, mm-hmm. this helps. This helps. It makes, makes it much easier to, to get to that space of yeah. yes, I am. I am the contribution. Sure, I know that that's true now. But when you're in the space of lack, so to speak, you don't really feel that so much. You need the no, evidence. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That her own her own experience is like transmitting to her daughter. That that right? I love that because it it goes right into quantum entanglement, right? Yeah. Because yes. I mean that's that's quantum physics. Is that something, an experience that you have um and if you've had somebody in close proximity to you or, you know, in this case mother daughter, their experiences can be transmitted and we don't know how that happens, but it does. Mm-hmm. And so she's proving quantum entanglement. It's just magical. And there's so much of that that happens too around identity, right? It's like I, I have X, I have fibromyalgia or I have whatever. And we, we say it because it's true. I'm in pain. We say it, but then we keep telling it and telling it and it just, you know, builds on itself. And sometimes to get away from that identity doesn't mean we're not experiencing the pain, but it's like, it's not who we are. And when mm-hmm. we have generational things it's really even doubled or tripled to say my mother had this and i have this too you know it's like it runs in our family like this is what we deal with and sometimes that little that shift it's actually a big shift but 
some of it's connected to identity. And we can, like you said, we go around it, right? We work in a different way. That's fantastic. What a great story. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we've all heard the beginning of the story. I have a feeling it's going to play out some more. I'm not sure how, but when you have a, a shift this big, this is a yeah. big, big shift. It's enormous. Right? It's so yeah. incredible. And when you think of, you know, she, I think of this from a cellular level. Like she's had 30 something years of her right. cells saying, you know, sending this message to the brain about the pain that they are in. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and now all of a sudden they're, they're, they've changed their minds. <laughs> One of a better word. <laughs> your brain has, your, your yeah, body has had a change of mind. And that's exactly, that is, this is what the thing, the kind of stuff that miracles are made of. Yeah. It is. I would call this a miracle. I would too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I that's think nice. it's the best kind of miracle because it's the kind of miracle I can understand how it happened. Wouldn't it be lovely <laughs> if it became so commonplace? It's just, that would be so oh, yeah. good. It's like, a, oh, you know, it pull somebody in and we get right to the heart of it, literally the heart of it, and we can turn off pain in in an hour or so. So good. But I think that's what, that's what the point is. I think yeah. that's precisely what the point is because mm-hmm. we have here an example of how what we've been talking about actually happens. And when you have yes, that evidence. exactly. That evidence yeah, just because if it can happen for one, it can happen for all. Absolutely. Yes. Which yeah, means that happens, we're having that effect. Start, right? Because we're all mm-hmm. connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it means that, that all these times that we're talking about this stuff, every time that we're bringing these things up, we are having an effect that we don't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. single time. Yeah. I think Neil said it really well to me recently. Neil Positivity, who does the Friday show with me. He said, the stuff that we're creating today is going to be affecting people for generations. Oh, yeah. We wow, add, that's a really we powerful add, thought. <laughs> we add to the cosmos all the time. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is how my three-year-old grandbaby knows how to swipe, turn on the damn iPad. You know, and, and it's just like, I'm sitting here going, how do you turn it down? And she goes, <laughs> yeah, she, she can't put a complete English sentence together, but she can show me how to use a tablet. And this is just generational. She's born with this knowing from all the generations that have come since the internet started. It, it is, it's, we just know. We just know. And, and it's so interesting because we also just forget because they, they gave a dial up phone, a, a rotary phone to some teenagers and they didn't know how to use it. Oh yeah. And, and it was so interesting to see that we, we can, we can let go of the stuff we don't need. And that's also wildly useful. So, that's a great so juicy. We, we could do a whole conversation on that part. The stuff that we let go of, we let go of because we don't need it anymore and it actually goes away. Yeah, because we're past, we, we've not, not necessarily even evolved, but it simply is no longer relevant to who we are. Yeah. Mm. But what you said that Neo said reminded me of when we were going through the um, Neville Goddard books and some, a woman had said to Neville Goddard when he was a baby, he was like three years old, said, you are going to teach things that people will still be teaching. People will still be remembering what you're teaching a hundred years from now. And Walt and I were going, wait. It's almost been a hundred years. <laughs> We're doing it. We're like the fulfillment of that, right? So That's right. It's true. It just keeps keeps going. Mm-hmm. So good. And you can just imagine how he feels about that, right? Like, oh, yes. Ching, ching, another one. All right. This is good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for the clarity. That way, this is some good clarity I got today. Yes. I really appreciate that, ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really, really good. And uh, look forward to uh, carrying on the conversation next week. In the meantime, thank you to the uh, podcast listeners everywhere, and we will see you all next time here on LOA and, Today. And to the Comcast guy for not cutting us off completely. We do appreciate that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, later. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.